Second, uh, I know Rich uh, put together an ordinance. The, the council will have to establish what zones they are permitted in, and they have not done that at this point. Uh, today, there is going to be some discussion on that, I believe. So, uh, hang around, and they'll be discussing that. Because it hasn't been in a residential zone yet in the state of New Jersey. Correct. There's no businesses in a residential zone as it stands right now. So regardless of whether or not it's a dispensary or liquor store or what have you, there's no businesses in a residential zone. The planning board would not approve a business in a residential zone, period. Regardless of what type of business it is, they just wouldn't do it. Um, so even if we suggested, oh yeah, you can do it, the planning board, it's still got to go before the planning board and get approved in that sense because it needs, it, it needs to uh, go through a certain set of variances. And because that would be a variance for that use property, for that use of that property. And the planning board would have to approve that, and they would never approve that. Having a business, but also could start from here, you know. But from yes, we're, we're right now. We're in the very early stages in this ordinance. We're just basically saying yes, or we're deciding on whether or not we're saying yes or no to actually having one in town. 
That's step one. No, I understand. Then step two is going, setting up the zoning, setting up this, that, and the other thing, and we're going forward. And Rich can, yeah, we'll so get into that when we start. Step one is before anything can happen, before there's any application, before there's any consideration, is an ordinance. Um, and the can't even got to step one. They do have a draft in front of them. They've got a lot to discuss. And I'm sure you'll hear a lot of discussion. A lot of discussion about that ordinance. Um, but, that no. everybody needs to think here that's making that decision would you want it next door to your house well even if we even if we do approve an ordinance today there's no guarantee that we'll ever get a license because the state gives out the licenses so we could say yes we'll do it but we want one in town and so on you know then we could then we got to go through a process of picking who the business is who the business owner is where it's going to be that type of thing they have to all that has to be figured out ahead of time before we even before we before the state even goes okay yes you you can get a license so you know the, and then even then even if all those ducks are in a row the state can say no you're not getting a license in Seabright. so I mean, it's just that simple because they're only going to give out so many licenses. They're not, this isn't going to be like a free-for-all. I mean, at, at first, I mean, who knows what's going to come down the pike in 10 years from now or five years from now. But, you know, at first, they're only going to, they only have a set number of licenses. So, you know, who gets them is at the state's discretion and where they're, where they're going to be situated. Yeah, and that, it doesn't matter what the address is, but, you know, I can't speak on behalf of the local body, but there's, there's been zero chatter about opening up to residential districts. So I don't think there's any chance of that happening. Well, just anywhere in any state, there's been not, nobody's been. Even no, I know that. In a, but anywhere yeah, in the state, what, is, what was discussed with me on the phone, so I have major concern. Sure, you know? And anybody would. <laughs> Seriously. Okay. Thanks, man. Thank Sometimes you. you have to consider the sources of those conversations too. So. <laughs> anybody else? Yeah. Yes, quickly. I'm in Great Tenza, from Three Church Street. Just a question about one of the comments that was just said. You said even if we approve the ordinance today, did I hear that sentence correctly? You can't approve an ordinance today, can you? No. Okay, we No. No, today today is just a discussion on the draft ordinance. We're not even close to approving it. Uh, an actual approval would happen, have to happen on our Tuesday night meetings, and it will be announced. If it were to get approved, if, if we were to get to that stage, it would all be announced prior to And it's also, it's, 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 I, I, I was just commenting on the choice of words, approve an ordinance, which can't be done without a public hearing, I'm told. Is that correct? That is correct. It's a two-step process. That first is an introduction, and then after... Yeah, you heard, you heard, you heard, you heard it correctly. That was just a, a misspeak. It was not going to be a short Thank you, ma'am. Would anyone else like to be heard? Anybody online? No one else? I'll say just a quick thing. Hi, sure. Senator Borman. Yeah. Um, hearing everything that was just discussed, I think it might also be worthwhile. Of, I know you said there's probably only a few number of places that are going to be approved. But given the fact that we're a small town, there might be value in just waiting a, a year. I know there's a long, what you just discussed, you know, there's discussion, and then you put the ordinance and you vote on it, so there's time there, and that's going to take it up. That may also be worthwhile just to see how other towns kind of perform, whoever receives the license. So just a thought of, do we pull the trigger now or do we, we wait? Understanding there are only probably a few licenses to be had, I'm sure, in a year or two years' time. 
or may come forward if we're seeing the benefits of it. So it's just a thought of maybe we just kind of watch as a point of consideration versus well, we are, moving forward. But to that fact, we also may not get, they might get, they might hit Absolutely. that limit and say that's it, no yep, more. They might, they might not, right? right. Even the state of, the national state of affairs there. So just something to consider, timing is always, yeah, you have a benefit. Yeah, that's one thing we did last year is that even though the majority of the governing body, I think last year was in favor of the concept, but Absolutely. they didn't approve it because, yeah. not because necessarily two other towns, but because it was pretty bad, poor state guidance on it. So, yeah, yeah take it into consideration. Yes. Anyone else? Anyone else like to be heard? Yes. Very I was wondering how much you take into consideration in discussing this the reliability and the responsibility of the people who apply for a license, if they come um, well-grounded with an excellent reputation. Well, I, I, I'll take, take a minute on that, Mary, one minute. The, the and Kevin talked about this, the process by, by, by which um, this entire you know, process will, will be handled and the roadmap to even get there. There are many, many hurdles that, that, that have to be cleared uh, some regulatory uh, at the state level, and some uh, you know are are within the purview of the council uh, and, and the planning board, etc. So um, one of the things that a, that a municipality has the ability to do is is to uh, pick and choose based on an open and transparent application process who they will grant a a a. Uh, uh, a letter of, of, of uh, uh, recommendation or, or, or another approval too. Um, so that is where we will be able to review the background of the applicant, their experiences, their resume, their financials, right, to, to, to make sure that the entity uh, is, 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 is the kind of partner that we would want in the town. So the law was written to provide the municipality with the purview and the authority to, to, to be able to um, uh, determine who we would grant, um, you know, a, a uh, letter of, of recommendation or approval to, and then even then, when that when that letter is submitted with their application to the state, the state can still say yes or no, right? So that there, there are multiple hurdles. We're not even close. Yes. Know, so. And to that point, I saw a sample uh, resolution in there for our review, and it had the parameters recommended parameters in there, including like the uh, suitability of the site, um, the, is it the business plan itself, you know, are they, do they have the financial backing and so forth. So there are quite a few recommended things to follow in case the town board down that route just to review a, a appropriate candidate. Yeah, and that's one of the things we're going over today is, that's in this draft resolution that we have is the point system at which people will be rated. Um, based on certain criteria. So if you have you know, X, you know, X number of criteria, you get X amount of percentage for this, that, and the other thing, and those numbers will then be tallied and then we'll decide from there who, who, the, who best fits that, those criteria and that, uh, that application. Um, and that, so that's what we're gonna discuss today, one of the things that we're gonna discuss today based on this draft ordinance. We're, we're very early in the yeah. process. There's none of I guarantee we'll look at this about six times before we say yes. <laughs> yeah, like I said before, last year a lot of towns jumped on board pretty quickly and Seabright, of course, did in front of the new year to review the damages before. I raised that because I, well, I don't know people who are pers I don't personally know people who have applied for license. I do know about their reputation as being stellar, but I don't know the person is in no way an endorsement, that's why I raised it. Thanks. Thank you.
Last call. All right, thanks, everyone. All right, so we'll move on to our regular items for discussion. First up uh, will be capital projects update from our, our administrator, Joe. Sure. We're, uh, we finished up uh, both of the major projects, the, uh, uh, the pavilion which we're in and the municipal complex next door. There are a couple of punch list items we're still working on. <clears throat> You'll see some concrete work over the summer in front of this building, finishing it up, tying in drains that weren't tied in to begin with. So they're going to cut some concrete out front and tie those in. But they're, they're wrapping up, uh, as we've said on many occasions, they are on target, on budget, and uh, being completed. We still have some uh, dialogue to continue with the architect uh, that Rich has been working on. Uh, that will be in front of a mediator hopefully very soon and uh, trying to wrap that up. Also under capital updates, I'd like to, to, to turn the, the, the page a little bit. Um, we've been working on the old municipal complex, primarily uh, Councilman Lamia, um, but um, with the help of others, uh, uh, the project that looks really great inside, and if anybody's seen it, they'll it doesn't even look like it was before. It's, it's beautiful, the floors, the new lines uh, that are available for uh, pickleball, that are available for some youth basketball. Uh, the, the, the gym isn't gonna be for competitive basketball because of the size and, and other things, but it can certainly be used for uh, a variety of, of, uh, of uh, events. We did the uh, Pine Car Derby a few weeks ago that was a big success. Uh, John was there and, and spearheaded that. A long way of saying that we now have some interest in the gym of people that would like to be able to use it. And we've gone back and forth, uh, the councils have gone back and forth about pricing, about what we should require or not. And, uh, and I think in a dialogue with Councilman Lamia, I think we have to try it and see what works uh, for a nominal fee, we could, you can increase it at any time you want, just to cover our cost at the beginning to see if there is a, uh, a, 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 a revenue stream that people want to pay for, for using that. Uh, I know that Don Klein, our, uh, our beach manager and rec director, has uh, spoken to uh, um, what, what? Hoop Skills. Hoop Skills. John, maybe you could explain it a little bit. So, uh, We've been looking for how do we get this started. Uh, we did the Pinewood Derby with the, the Boy Scouts for Monmouth County. They did their second tier here. They had uh, 120 entries of those little cars and they had a great day, right? That was before we did any work in the gym um, and it, it went really well. We didn't have any issues whatsoever. They made sure as Cub Scouts, the Boy Scouts would, they cleaned up afterwards. It was really good. Um, so then Don and I have been talking about what other things can you do. It's a rec center. It's not necessarily a basketball. Uh, we did add the pickleball lines because pickleball seems to be very popular. Um, I've, I've never played so I don't know it yet, but I know that people pay $25 an hour to get on a pickleball court. Right? Uh, this group does a uh, workshop for kids. They bring the kids in and they work them through a basketball program. <coughs> and, uh, they met with Don and went through the gym this week, and uh, they're, they're interested in doing it. They picked 28, uh, I'll call them hours, uh, where they would like to come in and do a one hour or one and a half hour program. And we were talking between 40 and $50 an hour to get them started. 
Um, so that's where we are. We're, we're going to evaluate that. We've got to look at what are the nuances that come with it. Right? We're coming up on beach season. Um, it's pretty much what I was told. These kids are going to get dropped off and they're going to go in the gym. But some, some people are going to stay around. Um, we do have, we did repair also the old council chambers. So uh, Public Works repaired the walls, repaired the floors. And uh, we reorganized that room because the seniors meet in there. So there's tables and chairs at the back. And um, a homeowner from Rumson donated a, a pool table and probably about 40 board games that we're looking to, over time, do something with the kids and bring them in to do some kind of fun activities right after school and maybe get to uh, more interested these leagues, we haven't talked to leagues about a pickleball program where you would come in in the evening that would bring patrons in, right? After pickleball, they're gonna probably hang around in town or maybe they come before and go to the beach. But we think it would be a good thing and I'm up 150% that it's the community center. We should be making it available to the community. When I look at all the other towns, if you're an outsider, there's a fee associated. When you're an insider, it's either lesser or not a fee. So we're, we're looking to put that together. I have a couple of volunteers that um, are all women, so I want their feedback because I have no way to reach the children of Seabright. Right? We're gonna probably send out some kind of flyer um, that says if you're interested, give us a call or maybe come to see the new gym and see what it looks like. Um, so this one is the first one. They've already given us the dates that would start in June. And uh, it's a, a couple of hours during the week, um, right all the way through till, till August. So it's not like they've uh, taken the whole gym away from us. It's like a 5 to 6.30 or there's some earlier right after school closes. But I think we'd like to give it a try and, and see if it works. We're, we're never going to get started. Uh, you know, we just got to watch the Well, parking is always going to be an it's issue in the summer here, but we're right. hoping this is a year-round affair. Yeah. Maybe summers aren't the right thing, but he wants to try it. Yeah, you know, I, I think it's. I think to turn someone away early on to see how it goes. That's our air conditioning uh, over there. Everything has been restored. I do have a, a quote from Sean. There's a can out in the back. It's all rotted. To me, we should take care of that. On the condenser. Yeah, uh, and make sure that it doesn't you know, go bad on the bad day, right? It'll yeah, be July 18th, exactly. 100 degrees. Uh, but the whole system was uh, redone about two years ago. Okay. Uh, we've got a new roof on the building. We do have proposals to redo the facade, which is decaying. And, um, the railing. And the railing that's out front is wood, it's rotted. So we're looking at, we'll, we would take that down ourselves, Public Works. And then have and, someone. And then we'll get some quotes to replace that railing just on the Ocean Avenue side. Um, to me, it's been 10 years, right? So if you look mm -hmm. at it, we didn't do anything to the building except use it for 10 years. I think it's a good investment go forward. Joe, yeah. to your point, putting an initial framework in place on how it gets used, I think we should do that quickly because trying to get it perfect is going to take us time. Exactly. So let's do it quickly and we can adjust it going forward. But some sort of online system, John, I know has been working this for a while. And I think the great things about this, besides it being good for the youth and adults, as John says, it brings people to town, which is good for the merchants. So I think getting the framework in place if we can before more than we can would be a good thing. We'll do that. Yeah.
Yeah, that's progress as far as that's doable. Yeah, yeah, we have a template, time. so we're we're yeah. not starting from scratch. And it's coming full circle too, which is one of our goals. But I can remember back to the late '70s and early '80s. My cousins would all play there. They play basketball there in the rec center. So it's literally just like you know, it is coming full circle now. They're doing the same thing. I mean, we're doing more things now, but yeah, they use it for basketball and they play there all the time. It was a pretty successful rec program. Yeah, and if you want to reach the uh, parents and uh, kids of Seabright, maybe make an announcement at the next uh, school rehabilitation meeting. We know the total number of children uh, at, at each of, the, each of the, the three schools, the two in Oceanport and then the Shore Regional. So we were hopeful that the principal would cooperate. We don't know, necessarily know everyone's name, but if we gave them a stack and asked them to give it to the Seabright children, we were hopeful that they would do that. And then once the word gets out that, hey, I went to it and it was okay, there would be more participation. And yeah, once the facade gets done too, because that needs a little TLC there, so it needs I'll look forward to that, it'd be great. Yep. That's all I have. Awesome. To Sandy, it was an adult basketball league. Mostly non-sea writers, but it was Yes, I'm not used over here, so we realize it's popular. So, I mean, oh, right. I think so for like a half court, but if it's used quite a bit of basketball, no. unless yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like a, it's not, quite, not, not quite a full court. Mm -hmm. Nope. That works. That's all we have, so. That's it. Here for me. All right, thanks, John. All right, we're going for our public safety update. Our CR2 chiefs are here. So, uh, the fact that it's not a good chief. Right, Good morning, everybody. I'll make it pretty quick. Um, Last month, we had a total of about 352 separate calls for services. Uh, last month, we had pretty much our first official firework meeting with Councilman Keeler, Councilman Booker, myself, John Ayers, Jim Q. We had Sandy Mulhern, uh, members of the Monmouth County Prosecutor's Office and the Monmouth County Office of Emergency Management. So we have a lot of logistics to work out. Uh, it's looking pretty good, I think. Um, um, almost 100% is going to go. So we have our next meeting sometime in the beginning of June where we'll have uh, Tom Hay, he will be back again along with the firework company. And um, it looks good for 4th of July. Right now we have no rain date, so they are going off on 4th of July. I'll tell you there's not a rain date going here. Um, what we're going to do is really start working with the state police just to Monday, I think. get enough of the manpower. Our biggest issue is the manpower, and we have enough, um, just enough equipment that it doesn't want to go to Long Branch first because they're having fireworks the same night. Other than that, we um, yeah, we had last week we had training tonight with Louis Chad, Jack, pretty much all of the OEM. Emergency services for Seabright, CPR, any kind of training possible with my cousin. I don't know if anybody showed up to look at it. There was some pretty good training. As you know, the parking passes are in. Come get them, all right? Monday through Friday, every day, come get your parking passes. Because if you get a ticket, we'll be kind of them. Okay? <laughs> in a couple of weeks now, we have them. We two per household. Um, John Arias has been working every single day on the meters. John, you want to give me the report? Sure. Yeah. Um, all the meters are up and running and the firmware has been updated. They're ready to go. Uh, we're department's working hard to get all the uh, lots ready. They're going to be ready for Sunday. And uh, this is the beginning of the season, so we're, we're good to start. And all the uh, new rates have been updated in the meters. So. Thanks, John. Very good. Thank you. And so, so this is going live Sunday. Those machines are going to be on. You can start paying Anchorage. 
this lot, the one next to Donovan Street, and the end of Church Street is the business slash residential park that, that will be open on Sunday. So you have to have a permit to park in there, but um, it's going to go. If anybody any questions, what we're Yeah, but how much is a park? Reasonable parking permit? You don't get one. You're on your way. What, up here? What's that? Yes. Yeah, we're going for the downtown residents that we don't charge. And yeah, and yeah. Only for the business we charge. Only the business. $75. The three downtown. Yep. And some of the other side streets. If you go on to the borough website, you can see the streets you actually get a parking permit. Next sheet. Next sheet. Thanks, Any questions for the sheet? And then we'll talk about the other executive session. Sounds good. We'll hear. Thanks, Sorry. All right, for our sheet, Chamber. <laughs> we're doing. We're at uh, about 132 polls per year. April was actually a busy month for us. We did uh, just under 50 calls, which is double the amount that we usually do in April. I think we're gearing up for a busy season. Our seasonal academy starts tomorrow night, Friday night, uh, with an orientation, and then it's Saturday and Sunday all day. Uh, Sunday we will be at the fire academy. Again, open invite. I know a couple of you guys have been up there before. Uh, 9 a.m. up to Middlesex County. Um, to be there all morning. Again, open everybody. You guys want to come up and check it out. Working on cleaning up all the stuff in our the lot. Um, two of the armor trucks have been towed to county. Uh, we're working on getting the box from the, the condemned deuce and a half. Switch over to that deal truck that we had. That way we have a second um, rescue vehicle to go with the blue. Um, Okay, county's doing that work for significantly cheaper. And then from that point on, we're going to be auctioned off. Let's we'll see if, if Joe, maybe we can get it auctioned off at the county lot so we don't have to get it in the back here. Yeah, we'll, um, doesn't, we'll, that. Um, we'll put it on, you know, go deals yep. and two lug nuts. pictures. Yeah. So, and then we'll be working on them this weekend, getting everything else out of there. Maybe it's possible to get crushed. And I'll press my board so you guys can see it. We're uh, working on the So, Thank you. 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 Can you speak a little bit louder, please? What's that? Can you speak a little bit louder? I'm sorry, I'm speaking this way. Um, the fair is this weekend, or next weekend, I'm sorry. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, September. Um, I don't know the times off the top of my head. It's not my thing. It's one part of the time. But I know it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Thursday, Friday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, all day. It's a great event. Our only concern is we've got to get them out of there. Yeah, so <laughs> we, we discussed it last night. Uh, that that lot will be cleaned up Sunday night. Thank you. Do we have all the volunteers we need to man no. the boots? No. So Look at the volunteers. Being, yeah, so the, the boots are being granted by the Recreation Department down the line. I know Don was looking for, for some volunteers to help run the boots. Um, that money goes directly to the Rec Department. That doesn't go to us. So you guys want to help the Rec Department out. He, I know he needs that help. Um, maybe we'll have Don put something out where they can reach out to him. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll talk to him later. There's a lot of, of carnival games that we have to man, so. Yeah. Again, that money goes right to the right form. That, that, that doesn't come to us. 
It's a real easy job. You hand yeah. three balls, take their money. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Joe, it's also not a little text to all my, my people, too. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I know Fairhaven Fire comes and helps us because we precipitate during the big pair early in the season. So, um, we're good on our side. I know that doesn't help us. Joe, uh, Joe asked me for a sketch and all that, um, real, real quick. We uh, since our April meeting, we've got uh, engineers and attorneys involved, and things are taking time. So this sketch that I have is just preliminary. Insight Engineering has been hired to do all this as of April 15th. So they will come with uh, an, uh, with a site plan, with the subdivision, with with everything. Um, long story short, it takes time. There was some questions about ADA access. I think that's why you guys brought this up today. We did take a picture. So the current sidewalk right here has an ADA. That's in pink on your picture, right? So this access is ADA and it dead ends, okay? It dead ends over here, right? We would be actually adding an additional ADA access, which is the blue dot in the middle, which would be uh, basically to the front of our door. And then when we're talking about adding an awning, right? Not really an awning. Well, it'd be an awning. But and it, that's down the road once we get past this stage. It would be very similar to what you see out there. It's basically would be the idea is to have a pergola that would be similar to this over a third of the property. That's it. So it's not permanent structure. Just a, instead of umbrellas, just an awning. Um, any questions, guys? So, Chris, one of the main questions that we will have is around the sidewalk. Yep. So, in the sketch that you've given us, yep. the, the yellow is the proposed sidewalk. No, the the yellow is the the yellow is the proposed the yellow is the proposed purchase area. Everything in the green is what currently exists. Where that uh, pink dot is, right? You see yeah. the pink dot? Yeah. This is where the that's it. This is it. There's your access straight through here. So the access is, okay, do you I, I do understand yeah, what you're yeah. saying. I mean, one of our concerns was that the sidewalk would actually go through the middle of your entertainment property, where your, where your tables are. Yeah, well. And the thought was that there was some way of diverting that around the property. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. No, 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 Greg, Greg, Greg's gonna speak to Okay, so, yeah. so what, Chris, what are you proposing with regard to sidewalk access? What's in your plan? Keep it where it is? It's basically keep it where it is, yes, and add another ADA um, ramp. Yep, that's it. Very simple. Yeah, good. Greg, if you have any questions, let me know. Once the insight engineering comes with a plan, I know we'll have to discuss this once, once again. Thanks, Chris. You're welcome. One of the things uh, Mr. Keeler and I have looked at, um, we looked at the, ex the actual sidewalk that goes through there, and you can imagine when you see the picture now with the tables there, there's no, rep no patrons in there. When there's all sorts of hub and bub in there, there's no defined sidewalk through there. So most people who are coming through that aren't going to visit the restaurant aren't going to know to go through that area and certainly won't. And that's what's happening now, I'm sure, is 
they're coming around and walking in the parking lot, which is extremely dangerous, especially for people who are backing out nighttime hours. You, there's no, no defined way for pedestrians to get around the spot. So on the handout I gave you today, was a, I apologize, just a quick sketch because we started to see this week. Um, I'm recommending that we push, we give the owner avoids that access way through the sidewalk and let them use that toll to give it to him. But we put our, five, our four foot wide sidewalk and we'll have to talk about his buffering probably that he has now to push that back. But I recommend we put that on the outside of his facility. That way it separates the, the, the sidewalk pedestrian traffic from restaurant traffic and then there's no confusion. And in the end of this, I just tied into, you know, you have the access, beach access way on the left side to the north side of the property, which is a paved walkway. And I just recommend that we paint strike that sign in so everybody knows that's a, a beach access way. Not really a lot of money to paint strike it, but we tie this sidewalk into the sidewalk that's now from the side of the front, the southwest corner of the firehouse property. Because right now that's just a stub sidewalk that doesn't really, there's no way to get from the, the south side of Woody's over to there in a defined path. Yeah. And that's what I'd recommend we do. And part of that is, you know, we might want to consider if we put that sidewalk out in the parking lot area, paint strike the pavement. I recommend we probably eliminate space 601 and make it a non-parking spot, just because it would back people straight up into that sidewalk. If you want to keep that spot, then we'd have to probably put that sidewalk up in the landscape berm between the firehouse property and their edge and their driveway, which is fairly steep. So putting a retaining wall in, it's kind of costly, so it's probably more beneficial financially just to eliminate that space. Yeah, besides 601, is a difficult spot to get in and out of. Right, and it would be a turnaround area since it's a dead-end parking. It give people an opportunity to pull in there because it shouldn't really happen a lot, but it's supposed to have a permanent parking there, which would be free. Can we share this with a winning his teammate, or is that just the first? You're this is the first, yeah. I want to share with okay. you guys. Yeah, this, is, this is exactly what I was suggesting last time. So where does, right now, there are planters on the outside Almost like ballots, right? They're going to be ballots, yeah. But they, they're acting as ballots now. So is that the boundary that you're looking for? Yes. Is that that spot? Yeah, well, that's the boundary. That's what's in the. Uh, I don't know what color it is. Uh, the that, yellow. That's in, that's in yellow. But it would be on the outside of the yellow. Does that match you or? No, essentially, we would, our sidewalk would be the westerly side of that yellow spot. So we so would push him back. Yeah, so here. So bollards would basically, instead of being. So basically that little walkway right now is a shift west. Correct. That would be, you could pull so the that without having enough criteria. Right. So those tables would no longer be on the boundary. They would be inside and the walkway would be on the western flank. And one of the things I think also, just hearing, you know, the, the canopy, not that I'm advocating you do or don't do the canopy, that's your decision. But certainly I think if we put the sidewalk here and you do give him permission to put the canopy in, that canopy would now be isolated four feet from the cars also. Yeah. which would be a further safety thing because you don't want someone backing that yeah, And we wouldn't want the canopy to be over the entire area. It would probably be a third, mm -hmm. uh, you know, just for uh, in case of climate weather. Yeah, thanks, Greg. Greg, I have a question and maybe the Chief can comment on this also. I know we've discussed this in the past, but I just want to confirm that both you and the Chief are comfortable with the separation between a car backing up and that walkway is sufficient, mm -hmm. not introduce undue risk. Uh, it's not an ideal situation, but usually your driveway aisles are 24 feet wide, and we have 27 feet there. Okay. It, but it is dead end parking, so you don't have the high volume. Just really, I'd be more worried about the lighting there, making sure we have adequate lighting, and I think that there's an adequate safety factor there. So, is it fair to say the next step is for them to get together and try yeah. to figure out the best way forward? Well, yeah. And once the engineer gets the final, you know, uh, you know, the show, we'll, we'll 
we will just shift that to the next. Okay? All right, thanks. Thanks, Thank you. All right, next up is the, uh, is also the uh, bulkhead ordinance update, so. I can provide an update on the there, that's okay? Yeah, and I think Greg's going to speak to it also. Okay, just a little bit of background if I could first there. So the intent on this is all about flood protection in the town, and the uh, administration team has been working this ordinance. Um, the three things we, we had to do in order to move this forward was, number one, develop an updated ordinance, which we believe has sufficient time to allow the work to get done. So that update has happened. It's been reviewed by the council and approved but it's waiting for the next two actions to take place. The next action is to do an assessment of the repair costs for the three bulkheads that are responsible uh, The ones that require water for the wall of the sea break. So we wanted to do an assessment of what that would be because we certainly feel we have to fix our bulkheads in town and we get to the residents to do that as well. That's doable. So Greg and the team have been in the process of evaluating actually what the cost is for all the repairs for the bulkheads in town that need improvement and also what it would be specifically for the three that we're responsible for. So action number two is to put those costs together. And Greg has worked that. We have not reviewed that yet, but when we do, we'll certainly be willing to share that. And then the third action was to determine whether or not the town wanted to entertain an assessment ordinance. And what that would be is a way of allowing the group that require repairs to conduct that and the cost associated through an assessment process versus individually paying for the bulkhead improvements themselves. There are pluses and minuses to each side of that. So what we're going to do this upcoming week is we're going to have a meeting to assess the town's desire to do it through the assessment process, and that will include finance, DPW, legal, to make a determination of whether or not we want to entertain that approach. Once we get that locked down, when we have the costs to do the work and we understand the assessment strategy and whether or not we want to employ that, will be in a position to release the ordinance and restart the clock with regard to the repair being done. That ordinance uh, roughly has about a three-month period for the owner to put a plan together, get their permits in place, about six months to actually start the work, and about a year to complete the work. So our goal through this process is to improve the overall flood resilience and safety of the town, and to try and do it in a constructive way where it can be done either most economically as a group or individually by the residents based on whichever approach makes best sense. So, Brian, that was just an overview of what the plan is. Greg, anything you want to add to that? No, I think that's a great first step because you want to learn the pluses and minuses, and I think having a subcommittee to get, to get out of that and present that report is the way to go. Okay. Any else, Greg? No. That was your agenda. Yeah, I'm going to leave it off there. We'll wait to the committee. What did he say? Yeah. Ditto. Hey, you heard your voice. All right, Honda, we already brought this up, but we'll continue the cannabis ordinance discussion. So uh, I know we need to speak, start with uh, Rich, do you want to speak to that first? I know there was a draft yeah, there. sample ordinance in there we reviewed and so, Absolutely, uh, yes sir. Uh, so certainly appreciate uh, what we're talking about by what um, questions that came up in the public comment. Uh, but there is a draft ordinance for you. Uh, and as you can see from it, there's a lot of decisions you have to make associated with this. It's divided into three parts. The first is the land use part, which is, that part of it is identical to what was before you last year. Um, whereas if you do something, if you have the one retail license, uh, where it would be, which is, you know, it's, it's defined in the business zone. And again, this is just a draft. 
of something that may be considered. Um, you're not even to step one yet. The second part is the, the general provisions. The restrictions you have on how it operates, the security it has, the hours of operation, how close it could be to certain other kinds of uses, um, accessibility, security cameras, air treatment, um, you know, consumption on site, which is the way we drafted it based upon our discussions last year. Um, noise pollution, um, signage, um, so forth and so on. And it also addresses the issue about how you do the local licensing because the, the statutes and the regulations make clear that although the state is the final decision, final arbiter of who, who gets a license, uh, you do have input in by having a local license procedure and also by the fact that in order to get a state license, any applicant that you're okay with uh, has to show a resolution of local approval. So there's any number of factors that you can consider that you want them to submit so you have that decision. And we, we supply two documents on that. One is the draft uh, ordinance, which as I mentioned in the email, is uh, an amalgam of other municipalities. And we also sent you the, the application permit that West Orange is using, uh, which has uh, a similar but somewhat different approach. Uh, so they would have to and again, we kind of presaged this by what we were talking about earlier. They would have to submit, uh, obviously, the names, home addresses, whether they have any other cannabis um, um, licenses. They would plans from an architect, um, proof of where they're going to place it, a lease, um, and their qualifications, um, financial, their experience in this kind of thing, um, environmental impact. Um, so forth and so on, and an opportunity for um, law enforcement to have input on the process. It also, that section also addresses fees for this. Obviously, you can send the fees where you want. We, we took fees that we brought from the municipalities and put it in the draft. It uh, addresses verification of the license and penalties for violation. And then the third part is the, um, the tax, which um, you know, the statute sets forth what the maximum you can do is, uh, if, you, if you do this, I don't know why you do anything less than the maximum, which is 2% uh, of the gross receipts of each set. And um, in a nutshell, that's it. So you've got a lot to consider in terms of if you want to do it, and then if you want to move down that line, um, what kind of restrictions you want on it, and what you want from these people to determine which is the best one for you. Rich, under general provisions on page 18, I'm not sure where you copy pasted this from, um, but on page 18, number three, uh, it sounds here like it's this is geared towards medical cannabis. So 18 a medical three? license, yeah, page 18, three. Oh, article three. Um, yeah, article three. Okay, thank you. Yeah. In that section, it basically says, it sounds like it's a medi that's medical-based, and I don't know if, they, if you've got, got this from a medical license or from recreational, but this sounds like it's very medical research and stuff like that. There are no uh, recreational, other than the existing uh, medical facilities throughout the state, they're the ones who have or dispensing right now recreationally. So 
so it, it, it would have had well, no, I'm just, I'm just saying this, this reads like, there's a lot of stuff in here about uh, research and being involved somehow with, med with medical cannabis and doing research in that, like the business has to be involved in somehow doing some kind of studies and stuff. I'm wondering if it's It says something about doing some kind of like medical studies oh. or stuff like that. I'm sorry, my so formatting in mind is different. Um, that actually comes out of page 16 on mine. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, this is one of the criteria that was used by one of the spellers that we got. I believe this is from Highland Park, but I'm not 100% sure. Um, that was one of the things they're considering, whether the person who, the entity that's applying has experience with medical. Um, but, um, you know, obviously that can be changed if you're not. You're yeah, not I mean, I, I'm, not, I, I'm not necessarily against that, but I mean, that, that, is, a, that is a large, uh, I mean, that's a large, like, you know, that's a big piece of work that needs to be done there for, for a business. I mean, you yeah. know, to be involved in the medical industry in some shape or form would be, you know, detrimental. Could be detrimental to a lot of uh, a lot of people that are trying to get into the business. Certainly, one of the things you might want to take out that. I mean, yeah, we threw, that's why I threw exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kevin point taken any, but that's yeah. what it's here for. Just well, that's yeah, that was one. Of, that was one of my right. concerns. Yep. No, um, and then another one of the concerns was uh, Article Six which probably is next page over. Um, um, number six? Yeah, number six. Um, it says the applicant's ties to the community, Toast community demonstrated at least one shareholder's proof of residency in the borough for five or more years in the past 10 years, or at least one shareholder's continuous ownership of a business based in the borough of Seabright for five or more years in the past 10 years. Now, I, again, I think, I have no problem with this. I think this is a good thing um, to make, but we are a very small community, so it kind of limits the, amount of applicants that we have there, um, and it also limits the uh, qualifications of the applicants. Um, you, know, they, you know, we may have a resident in town that uh, wants to start the business, but has absolutely zero expertise in this, um, and that would kind of blow them out. Now, I grant, granted, that is only a 5% of the, of the total 100% rating issue, but, um, you know, that is a piece in there. Sure. Well, I think maybe a good idea for everyone to take a red pencil to it. Those right. things and also yeah, I think I think probably for, from, a, from a process perspective, um, it's it, it might make some sense uh, you know to to everyone can can can, can do that, or we can even handle in the committee. Either way, individuals should go in and look at this and and redline or add or etc. And then you know. Yeah. No, Jeff, how about anybody who's not in the committee submit their comments to the committee and then the committee has its own comment compile everything and we'll get back to a rich for you. Well just uh, just to in the in the interest of uh, just to put it out there. Um, two other things that I did that weren't here that I noticed uh, that I would like to put in here is one the hours of operation. Um, we have to limit the hours of operation of these oh, things. It was in there. It was it. I I kind of figured the state regulated that, but I have heard stories where some towns. It was just, specific. Okay, um, and then the other one, the other one that I that I thought of um, is, I want to limit the applicant process to businesses that I want to basically eliminate, minimize the number of big businesses that are running this. So I would like to keep it down to like, if you, you know, you can't own more than two of these type of dispensaries, 
um, so that we don't end up with a monopoly type of situation where you know some big corporation comes in and owns all the dispensaries in New Jersey. We, we have, and again, this is something that can be part of a common process. Um, you know, we we have the, one, one of the benefits of the way that the law is structured, as Richard talked about, it provides us with you know considerable authority about how about who and where. And, and all of those things. So we, it, it's important for that kind of feedback and, and other feedback to, to make sure that if we decide you know, to, to, to move forward in, in this direction, we can put it in a box that we want. So um, your comments are, are, are welcome and others. Again, this is the time to weigh in about what you think, you know, don't like, don't like, et cetera, so that when, when we put something uh, forward for actual consideration, um, it's, it has it has considerable input from everyone, so I think that's a great approach. Well, on that note, then I'd like to I, you know I'd like to open up the floor to folks. There's a lot of folks here today. We don't usually get this number of people in here, and I'm assuming this is one of the primary uh, topics that you're here for. Um, do you have comments on you know things that you would like or not like to see if something were like this were like this were to open up in town? What kind of controls do you think we should put in place as a council or as a town? Do you have any anybody have any comments? First, I want to know what town are you benchmarking right now for this? I'm like, sorry. is there a town that you're benchmarking? You said West Orange? I don't know if it's like an exact use of the term benchmark. I don't know what you mean, but we, we put together a draft based upon several municipalities. But principally, uh, things came from Highland Park, from Freehold, and from West Orange because they seem to have pretty comprehensive. Again, we're just trying to. What my office is trying to do with the council is throw a lot of stuff into the pot so they can consider. Mm -hmm. uh, but those are three that definitely we took from. I don't think there was an implication that there's a comparator town that we're using for reference purposes. Oh, okay. It was for documentation purposes. Right. Mm -hmm. Let's put it this way. Those big towns have a lot more money and a lot more lawyers than we do. So we kind of use their the information that they're gathering and they're pulling together to kind of pick and choose what we would like to see in our town um, if we were to move forward with this. Rich, do we have a way to, to uh, what, one of our biggest issues has always been parking. Uh, when, on day one, we saw on the internet and on the news, there were lines, all that. Um, I kept looking after that. By the third day, nobody wanted to report anything about that. So it either diminished or they're not reporting it. But one of our biggest issues, once we get into the end of this month, is parking and how this would affect it. What, I would like the council to consider what options we have to make parking available that doesn't impede our beach access and my well, recreation that, that, that center, be, yeah, to be one, honest with you. One of, the, one of the tools that we would have in the process is, is, is to um, have applicants, you know, address that in detail in, in consultation and collaboration with us, right, to, 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 to uh, because again, it, it, it would be a new operation that would, that would potentially be busy, um, you know, so that, that would be part of, I imagine, the planning board process and, and even our process in understanding what that would look like, how, how that would be handled, etc. So um, that's a, one of the things that I thought of is how, how we would manage flow and, and, and all of that. So I imagine that whoever our, 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 our particular um, or potential partners would be, you know, would, would be that would be part of the, the process to address how you would handle flow and, 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 and you know, what, what that looks like as far as parking. 
Yeah, part of the, part of the retail license too includes a delivery service. Um, so that's where a lot of that business is going to come from. No, we don't um, know that. But well, I, I would assume. I mean, I, so, I some 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 of the, the policies that, that 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 I have seen in trying to look at this, um, almost all of them include that provision, where where, where they, they can deliver it to their own customers. So that's a that's one way to 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 alleviate you know some, some of the the, uh, the traffic concerns and, and parking and that sort of thing. It's not everything, but it's, it is a thing. Yeah, it's just how, how is delivery be done without vehicles? Sorry? You said that delivery might alleviate the traffic concerns. I was asking how delivery would be done without vehicles. No, not, not alleviate the traffic concern, alleviate the parking concern. But how would the vehicle stop outside the dispensary without creating a parking issue? The person who's doing the delivery well, I, I think I think that again, this is all part of the, the discussion, the process. But if one vehicle is 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 uh, coming in to pick up, you know, 38 orders, that's not 38 cars that, that are that are coming in, um, you know, trying to um, pick up their, uh, their their purchase. So, um, but again, these are all good conversations, good discussion. Richard, just to be clear on this. Um, so the class five is the retail dispensary. If the class six is a delivery service, they have to be licensed to have. But under the class five license, that operator could provide delivery outside of that shop to other locations. That's my understanding. Because that wasn't completely clear when I read through the ordinance, because there was a five and a six, it seemed like they overlapped a little bit. And I think to John's point and other people's point, we've got to be very clear on what service will actually be happening there. Is it both walk-in retail as well as delivery out of the shop. We'll look at the definition section again and um, see um, what we need to do to clarify that. So that's, um, my, that's my understanding too, is that if it's, a, if it's a retail store, it has a built-in delivery service to that retail store. I think the <coughs> delivery service, the, what, what, they're at, what they're referring to there, is strictly a delivery license. Yes, so so like, kind of like an Uber Eats type of thing, right? Um, where you're picking up from a retail store and then delivering it to someone. If you don't have your own brick and mortar, um, you know, if you're a class six, you're out here. Right. You have a rubber. It's yet to be determined, but my assumption is that, you know, assuming it's one of the existing uh, buildings, commercial buildings downtown, you know, we'll have to and that would be important. But also, at a minimum, it's probably the same as, you know, there's going to be public parking for the most part, but I would assume you know, any business coming in. So they're gonna have the same, you know, issues that even a pizzeria or a restaurant already always has. So I can't well, see liquor store to be more specific. Exactly. I mean, you know, it's only there's a fixed amount of parking downtown. I can't imagine somebody's gonna uh add parking anywhere, but again it's to be determined, but that's just I think it's safe assumption. Excuse me, this is Nicole Foley from Beach Street. Um in uh, in addition to like the parking issue, I'd like the town to maybe consider appointment only so that you can control the traffic flow. Um, I've attended uh, a recreational cannabis in, in the Berkshires, and even though they have a bouncer outside and appointments, there's still like lines like Disney World. Like it can be very, very crowded. And I'm concerned about lines going off into um, the, <coughs> sorry, the um, residential streets. So in order to control kind of the amount of lines, the amount of people waiting out five, I think either appointment only or some kind of traffic flow in that respect is important. Yeah, that's a good, good suggestion. Um, this is Owen Dwan from Church Street. I would like to 
also just make one other suggestion. I think to Greg's question earlier, for the council and the town and the residents to make informed decisions, we you need to have a better sense of the numbers, I think. Because I think Greg's point was if the weed dispensary sells two million dollars worth of weed a year, the town makes forty thousand dollars. And then I looked at our budget, I believe parking we generate six hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year. And our budget I think is eight million, something like that. Maybe I got those numbers wrong, but it just seems like the the potential earning of forty thousand or fifty thousand or sixty thousand if we sell two or three million dollars worth of weed a year is just so small and just not worth the risk of you know the parking and the, the traffic and you know, people coming in from different towns to buy weed in our town, things like that. So I, I would encourage the council to try and put together some sort of a budget based on other towns' experiences um, so that we get a better informed kind of risk return discussion. That, that's, a, that's an excellent um, question. That is, um, uh, that, is that is exactly what we are going to do. Um, one of the challenges is that because of the, um, you know, the, the, our area being an emerging market, our region, uh, for, for cannabis, is that projections are, are, are they, they vary greatly depending on who you talk to. And not every, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things that, as I said before, the town, is, the town will make money off it. Um, it's a matter of, of degree. Is it a million dollars, is it a half a million? No, I don't think so. Uh, but 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 um, uh, it is it will be the only business um, as, as Kevin has said before several times where the town actually would generate an economic benefit to the town. Now, now is it forty thousand? It could be higher than that. Um, it, it could be a lot higher than that. But it's not going to be zero. And in a situation where individuals are going to be making their purchases uh, uh, of the product anyway, they're they're they're. they're if, if we have the opportunity to be able to have an economic benefit for our taxpayers, it's something that we should strongly consider, and we are. But part of the process is going to be um, uh, determining what that financial model might look like. And even when we do that, it's going to be a guess like everybody else. So we got that's problem, the problem. The problem with that is the higher the numbers get, the bigger problems that are invited into the situation. That I just Brian, if you did we're five million dollars in revenue, we need names. then all of a sudden we need it would be that much more traffic, that much Can't more cars. Greg Tens at Church Street, all those other issues that would come with it. So the more successful <coughs> in terms of revenue generated for the borough, the more the other factors come into play. They're not mutually exclusive, they're actually they're running concurrently. That's a problem. Yeah, what, was your, what was your name again? Greg Tens at Church Street. Okay, all right, I saw your name up there, so I wasn't sure how to say it. Uh, yeah, there was construction going on the house. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what we've seen in the past, we've had some, we've had some business performance committee in the past, last year, this year, who had their own projections, which isn't exactly scientific, but you know, we have seen some projections. The other things too. And Does anybody I, project more than five million? Anybody? Their wildest dreams. Yes, they do. For the year? Yeah. Yeah. Imagine what that traffic would be. Yeah. Imagine what that parking would be like. I guess, you know what, I, I'll just conclude with this, you know, I'm with you all the time. I want to know what the process is to stop the process. Everything here is about tailoring the ordinance to put checks and balances in so we're okay with a bad idea. As opposed to how do we stop a bad idea? Now I'm not, by virtue of all people that are here, 
I'm relatively new to town, so I wasn't here for all the meetings last year. But I, I, that, that's what I want to know, that the representatives, if individuals want to get behind stopping this, forget, the, forget what the ordinance says. Who doesn't want the ordinance? I, I'd be interested in that process. You know, one resident came to me recently, I'm a person who remained nameless, but they asked about this suggestion. So, I mean, uh, one possibility would be, you know, referendum vote. Yes. Yeah, yes. That's, yes. That's, that's, yes. That's, that's what, you know, and I yes, I mean, it happened when we had bonds with these buildings. I know it's with an animal, but we wouldn't have the bonds for this building. That's fair. You know, some people were in favor of someone, so residents put together and it went to a referendum vote. Yeah, but Mayor, I just believe that a vote for legalizing in the state, which I was certainly was in favor for, is very different. In other words, I'm also for the Second Amendment, but I don't want to into a shooting range. Right? Those are two different points. So the fact that we're quoting the state as saying we want to legalize it, I agree with that. Yeah. But saying that we want it here, those are two different questions. So I think the referendum. Yeah, I say that in the past too, but a few of us have that. Yeah. Uh, referendum referendum to approve the use of marijuana versus having a, the We know it's a different thing. Yeah. Uh, and also, I don't want to become a half liberal, but I think it isn't one dimensional for most of the governing body that it's just a revenue right. grab because, in this opinion, but I don't think, you know, the 2% that's there right now. Five, 10, 15 years. What are the other virtues of the revenue for, for this public body? Exactly. Well, it's just I mean, a viable business. You know, it's just a viable business for, you know, the, the council members I've spoken with is, it's just, since it's, it's legal now, like, would they want to allow it or not? So it's just the fact that it's actually an active business in town that could be a productive business. Yeah, that's, that's what I've heard from the council members. Gentlemen, can I? Go ahead. Sorry. My name is Gregory Hartwell, North East Seabright. It seems to me that the council as unofficially or are leading forward to going with forward yes. with a cannabis place in town? Is that the fix or that has Well that's what we're here to discuss. I, yeah, I, we, I we're, we're down we're this. down into the bowels of the of the discussion where it may be a moot point because the I haven't heard the council members I hear them all that seem to be positive rather than positive negative and a referendum would be a very good thing. <laughs> But is, the council, is the council in favor of it now? Has there been a straw vote or anything? Well, I can only speak for myself. I am, I personally am in favor of it, but I mean, everybody, well, the, the rest of the council, the rest of the council can be. I, I mean, everybody seems to be on the fence. Is there um, a driving? Is there a driving force? For me, it's strictly. Uh, for me, it's specifically the revenue. I mean, it's well, one business in town. Yeah. It's one. It's the only business, like like uh, Jeff said, and I've said a number of times. It's the only business in town that. Potential business in town that we would ever make money on. Yeah, but um, are you really making? And the numbers money are insane. Just increasing income and not evaluating the expenses and all of it, putting it together. Well, well in comparison to the 22 liquor licenses we have in town, I have a feeling. I, I personally, 22? we have 22 18. liquor licenses in this town, and, and in comparison to that, I feel that this is going to be a lot less detrimental to the health and safety of the folks in town than that would. Yeah, but is there a need for it? I mean, if you if, if you made a hundred thousand dollars a year, is that enough to make you go forward? Has the police department had any comments to say how much it costs? Is there another uh, policeman involved because bring more people in town, and you might find out that you're spending more money than you're making? Well, that, that's that, that analysis. Is there, that analysis been developed yet, or has been stuck my premature asking? Well, no, you're not premature to ask Those are exactly the kind of analysis that, 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 that need to be done, that will be done. Like I said before, this, we, we are, uh, for, for those who are concerned that, that the cake is baked, 
I think, I think we can hear that it's not. Yeah, and see how many can hear the board just being started. You kind of are on the floor. Could I please retain the floor? Has the police department be asked to put in a recommendation that they had any comments? Uh, you talk about parking. I think the new theory in town, come on down and enjoy our town, we'll bring your own parking space. You know, that's where we are. You can't move it up and down the town now, and it's old. You know, from here to Asbury Park, it's just all one road. And you yeah, can't, you know, right, the one comment I would say about it being, you know, this is a baked in a cake already. I think if it was, it would have been done last year. Because this has been a conversation in so many public meetings. No, but it's back on the table. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. the point. And well, because the numbers, are, we're starting to see some, our initial <coughs> back, uh, reason we held off to this point is because we didn't have the numbers. We didn't have any hard facts. We were, the, the state was still kind of on the fence of what their, what their rules you and have regulations to sell are. The license? Is it the license go out for bid? No, no, but that's one of the things. I don't think I don't think the state allows that. Okay. So, uh, at the bottom line, if you got a hundred thousand or two hundred thousand, is that enough to cover additional expenses that may or may not be added because it's a hypothetical number against another hypothetical number? That's part of the analysis, and you're asking the right questions. Shouldn't we be doing that now before we're talking about going into all the, the paperwork and the legal costs and uh, the uh, program, there's no sense doing that unless you have a decision that's looking very positive with counsel. Greg, can I respond? Yes, sir. So while it may not seem to be the case, the council is not presently on the path to approval of this ordinance. I, I, for one, am not in favor of it. And there are other people on the council who are not. Okay, but my, let me just finish. Okay. My understanding is last year they brought this forward and the council decided to defer it to a, a year, mm -hmm. which is about where we are. Mm -hmm. Right? There were those of us, including myself, who believe there are too many unanswered questions to know whether or not this is right for the town. So what this, what this is about is at a prior meeting, a request was made to legal to put together a draft ordinance so we could have conversations about this. If we were going to do this, what would it look like? and then ultimately bring that back to the public if you're going to chase the comment on which is exactly what's happening today. And I think we're all encouraged by the fact that there's a lot of people, in fact, 100% more people than we usually have, <laughs> right? 100% more, which means this is a very important and controversial topic. And hopefully everybody on the call and everybody in the room stays connected to this, because as we work through the process, we want to make sure there's 100% transparency. And in the end, if there is overwhelming support on the council to do it, to override the no votes, then the public has to speak. They have to speak to the council members to make their concerns known. The last thing I'll say is very often in cases like this, it goes to a referendum. Maybe. Because people want to be able to speak and vote on this in their particular way. Maybe the referendum is the first place to start. Well, when, when, when you, the, the sense is, again, I'm not in favor of this, the sense is we're further along than we actually are. And the fact that we're viewing a draft document by no means means that this council has voted in favor of moving forward. Thank you for your time. And, and one other thing too, like going back to last year, for instance, one of the many things we did is we gave it to our zoning official, and she did a thorough review of every, all the information available at the time. So we got feedback from our professionals. So it's definitely a work in progress. This oh, I, can, I can definitely see that. I mean, it's just a matter of we have too much work going on now before a decision was made to win a straw vote, so to speak whether it be a vote from the 
Residents and seats right or let it be a council, that would be your decision. Thank you. Thank you. My name is Jorge Canutsu. I'm a resident of one of eight churches. I see the amount of revenue that you guys told me about is forty thousand dollars that you How long do we start charging for the engines on the beach at seven o'clock in the morning? Because I see a lot of people coming in at 7 o'clock in the morning that they don't pay for the beach. Same thing with parking. I think we don't work. You don't work. I thought, I think we can make 40,000 people. Mm -hmm. By parking on people. And we have less police issues. Well, and one of the things I've said in the past, too, is to look beyond this 2% projected revenue gain for us because that's, in my opinion, going to evaporate at some point and then the business or businesses remain. The rules are going to change quite a bit over time. I think, I think marijuana is probably here to stay. But I also think whatever rules we see, you know, one per town or 2% revenue gain for the town, I think all that, of course, will change over time. So that's, that's why I'm suggesting that public consider beyond the revenue gain you know, the whole idea of actually just having this in town because whatever happens with those factors, everything else will change down the road. We're going to put it about revenue. You've got to find another ways to make revenue. Well, there we do. Well, we all, we're, we're doing it. We've done loads of things. Charge this out of We could, but that, I just, my point is, I don't think that's going to offset, or that's going to change the conversation on a governing body of whether or not to do this personal. You know, we found a lot of ways to make revenue. We said, hey, park, and we came into it, Projected maybe make 150 a year, 75 a year, and now we're making 600 a year. But I don't think that changed the conversation they're having on whether or not to have a marijuana shop in town. Just my face. Cannabis. Sorry. And what was the feedback from the chief on this project? Sorry, say that again. What was the chief's feedback on this project? Chief, do you have any comments for us? I'm sorry, what's the question? What was your feedback on this? Regarding having a cannabis shop in town. Well, you know what? I have mixed reviews on it. It hasn't been too many problems in other towns where I want it in Seabright. Either way, we're going to have marijuana in Seabright. We're going to be having it delivered to the beach. They're going to be having it delivered to the bars. We're going to be smoking on the sidewalks. We're already stopping people driving their cars. They can't do anything about it. So I'm not really. <coughs> I kind of want to stay neutral. I, I want to see how it goes through the towns are handling it with the crowds. It's just, um, it's just an unknown for us. We've never had anything like this. Do I think having a bar that lets out at two o'clock in the morning and I have a thousand drunk people on the sidewalk is going to be different in a place that people are buying weed from? It's totally different. I think with the marijuana, I think the parking, it's going to be more of a daytime thing. I don't really know what we're going to have the lines. It's something I, I don't know too much about. I'm trying to speak to some of the other chiefs and other towns that have it in their town, but they have a lot more issues going on. I, I, I don't, it's an unknown for us. This is going to be new for me. Like I said, we can handle the alcohol we got this, it's busy, so to add you in the daytime, I'm not really sure how it's going to be in the lines. It's just something I haven't seen yet. I'd rather have the input from the people downtown if it's going to be downtown. I'd rather make you guys happy than not only make them happy, but they're happy. That's all. Thank you. 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 Thank you.
that's really my opinion on it now. I just want to see how it goes. I just want to see how the other towns are working it. And if I like what I see and I think it's controllable, do it. If I don't like what I see, you're going to get my view to the council of the public safety committee in the mayor. You know, what, one of the things that I think is proven is the nature of our town is, is very compact compared to other towns. So whatever we do here, whatever the decision is, it will spill into areas a little bit different. It will spill down the side street, whatever the case may be. My, my sense on this, and, and Heather said it, is prudence would be to see how this plays out. Give it a little bit of time. I think the points are well taken. It's going to be in town whether we want it or not. If it's going to be here anyway, is there a benefit to the town from a revenue perspective? And can it be effectively managed? But with so many unknowns at this point in time, I think the appropriate thing to do, listen to the residents' concerns, consider that when we make our decision, but most likely kick the can forward. Is there a risk in doing that? There is a risk that you could lose out on a license because it will become less available over time. In my mind, the risks of not knowing how it will play out and the impact on our small town is greater than the reward of trying to move forward quickly. That's, that's my view. I mean, thank you for mentioning that. I mean, what I'm hearing today is there's a lot that we don't know on many levels from many people. So what is the harm in learning more and keeping the can on the line? I think what's great, you know, I respect that everyone needs to start doing ordinances or putting things in place should it prove out that it makes sense and there's not so much risk and that revenue potentially is worth it or not. So having a plan of how you want to move forward on this topic makes a ton of sense. Understanding if a rent referendum comes in play as part of that process. Um, I think knowing that people, the town is engaged is wonderful. Um, and just being, you know, communicating it. I think staying involved in council meetings is great. It shows people are involved, but also maybe communicating what a plan is on this site. Like this is where we are, this is the next step. You know, keeping it just kind of top line so people know where we are. Well, to your point, that's one of the things that we're doing. One of the reasons why we're doing this now is to get our ducks in a row. Because um, every day, more and more numbers come in, more and more facts come in, more and more information comes in. The chief gets information. Everybody gets more information every single day. The longer we push this process out of fine-tuning, getting our ordinance tuned up and ready for you guys to, to put in front of you guys for a referendum vote, um, the longer that process goes. So if we wait for everything, to, if we wait, first of all, we're never going to get all the facts, um, even because it's they're, they're constantly going to be changing. So, um, so the further we put it out, the longer this process takes. So to kind of get in front of it, I'm not saying this is, we're not saying that this, we're going to vote on this next Tuesday, um, but you know, we, we need to start the process somewhere. Um, and yes, we are, you know, to your point, sir, we are spending money to do this, but eventually it's going to get done and we may throw this away because the town may say no, but at least we had the information ironed out and hashed out so that everybody, you know, the town, the council members had their say, the town had their say, we put all that into here and we put it out for a vote. And that's the best that we can do. Um, and that's all we can do. Yeah, and I know what Heather said and what Irwin said, that was going to be my point too, is that uh, we have a decent size audience today, which is great, but do your best to check in. Every public meeting we have, the agendas are online, go to our website. Because like, we have, not just this, we have school regionalization discussions that are very consequential in town, so we don't want anyone to think they're blindsided. Like, this is not, has not been an ongoing discussion for us. We feel like this cannabis discussion has been ongoing because we've had so many public meetings. And so last year, we could have easily acted on like a lot of other towns did, but we didn't. 
he's punted. He was all right, we're doing it in the new year, see the state shakes out for the state, see other towns, you know, implement this. So that's why we feel like it has been a long, slow work in progress between other towns. But I would just say keep checking the agendas because we have a lot of very consequential things being discussed at most public meetings we have. So go to the time I'll dial in and you know see what's relevant if you want to participate. Just an observation. Oh, you have Yeah. I, I, I want to affirm um, what the, the positivity of that comment, if I may, and in general, a sense I have of, of the council as someone who's come to see right. Um, I always get a feeling from you that you, you want to make things, at least you want to explore to the fullest that you can. And I, I sort of walk away from these meetings with a sense of can do. Like there was this talk, can the finance fair take place? Yes, we're going to make it happen. Can pilot? Yes, we're going to make it happen. And I, I so appreciate that, that you're willing to explore your open mindedness. So thank you. Thank you. I just want to add a second what Erwin talked about in your comment there. Uh, there's definitely not a consensus on the council. Uh, we haven't taken any straw votes right now. I am right now negative. I just think there are too many unanswerable questions. That's just, and if New Jersey goes this way as they're going, maybe 10 years from now, there'll be a, uh, a conclusion that this worked, this worked, this worked, and the other things didn't work. And then there's going to be a time to try and repair the damage. I, so I, for myself, right now, would be a no vote unless, uh, considerable amount of additional information and I don't see that happen. Yeah, just to clarify, so what Jack said, I'd say in the past what I've worked with everybody is not necessarily, we've had like straw votes or straw polls to continue the conversation. So majority said yes to continue the conversation. You know, if it was like I said last year, if it wanted for a vote, it probably would have been a notice because nobody liked the process. But so I would say it has been discussed, and there has been a majority wants to continue the conversation from that heard. So just to clarify. If, if I might say, um, since the beginning of the talks, I've, I'm an IT guy, right? So I'm all over the internet. But there's so much conflicting information that, you know, this side says this is why it's so good to move forward here. And, and for every point, there's why you wouldn't do that. So it's not like we have a research capability to find what's reality, right? So time is important. My, my basic concern is, if it was to happen, are we prepared? And we need to be prepared, even if it doesn't open here, that it will come into town because it's legal, right? It's, uh, when I read on the internet, it says that a vote for the referendum that, you, that passed this was a vote to say it's okay in your town. Now, to, I don't know that that's true. It's another you know, article that was on the internet that I can't determine is it factual or not. So it, it's uh, that conflicting information is the worst part. It's almost better if we didn't have it and you could really look at the facts that you have. Um, but I want to make sure if it ever happens here that we're prepared, right? How is it going to be enforced? There's no enforcement for somebody that's overindulged to evaluate them with any reasonable amount of time. Cannabis stays in your body for days. So if I did it three days ago and you pull me over today, am I an offender or not? So there's so much more that it opens up that uh, it's probably, well, I also read that the federal government has a treaty that says 
the United States cannot make it legal as, as a country. I don't know that to be true. I know I read it on the internet. Right? <laughs> so I think yeah, we have a lot of work to do. And as what you said, I mean, weeds are right here. I smoke. It's all right. It's been around town, you know, depending on where you are. So yeah, it's already legal. It's everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, I have one more question. Yeah. If there was a vote today, who's for it and who isn't? Based on what we have today, I don't think we could. I don't think we could get that consensus. I think there would have been a vote today had there been, a, you know, people knew that we had enough information to vote on it. Because I think I think majority of customers don't really have that answer yet. I mean, you can speak freely to anyone, but that's why we have voted on it. It's been consideration for since it was legalized. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I can only speak for myself as of right now. I'm, I'm for it, but once the, once the facts start coming in, I'll, that might change my mind. You know, I mean, it's all, it, it's, it is up in the air, you know. I mean, it is a moving target, too. Um, you know, it's a moving target as, we, as, we're, as we're looking at this. Like I said, every day new numbers come in. So, you know, that focus shifts uh, every single day, so. And everyone's aware, too, I mean, the biggest concern that one of the biggest concerns I've heard is that even though it's legal statewide, and we all know that the majority voted in favor of that, you know, having a small shop downtown is a bit of a matter. So everyone's aware of that. I guess it's definitely a consideration. And even if we got through this, even if we got through this whole ordinance, we ironed it out, we did we got all our ducks in a row, we got out, we were fully prepared, we got everything ready to go. We put it out in front of you guys for, for a referendum. You all vote yes on it. The state comes around and goes, sorry, no license. So regardless of the fact, we don't make the final decision, the state does. So we can put our best candidate in front of the state but the state makes the final decision. They may just shoot it down and say no. So, you know. And, and how many candidates are there? Right now, we don't have, we don't we, know we, that number because we, we, we don't have a number because the process of process we advertise four candidates and the value of this candidates have not even been determined yet. So, so uh, as we said early on, we are very early in the process. This is this is a process, and 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 uh, so nothing is imminent. I mean, John talked about the internet. The internet's dangerous place <laughs> because. There's been a lot of information thrown out there about this and that, and all of it is wrong. All of it. This is so. so it, it's um, if you want facts and information, you come here, right? So, uh, and we will endeavor to do to do, to do our, our best to inform, communicate, put things out, etc. So people aren't just talking. If you want the facts, come to the governing body, eventually the planning board, etc. Uh, we're the source of actual information, right? So, and that's how it will always be. Yeah, my response to your question, first of all, I think it's a fair request to understand where we sit as council members. Last year when I campaigned, I spoke to a lot of people. And to be honest with you, when I asked the question, it was about 50-50. Which means it comes down to what is, what is the will of the town? What does the town want to do to have that voice? And there's probably a lot of people who aren't here today who are in favor of it. So we, we have to be fair and listen to all sides on this. For me personally, I think we have to keep an open mind because this is an evolving situation. Its impact on our small town are too large for us to recognize at this time. I think we should wait and see what happens, and because of that, I will vote now. I have a question. Yes, um, a little related to the, to the business itself. Are they allowed to deposit their funds? And my name is Louis Andreas. I live on Peninsula Avenue. The, if the dispensary, or whatever dispensary in New Jersey, are they allowed to deposit their funds into banks? Or have they been permitted to do that? I have, I've only. I've, I've only I don't know what I've read online, uh, which, as John said, take with a grain of salt. 
Uh, <laughs> but um, there are there are banks that are not federally funded that they are depositing their money in. So that's the, that's the catch all there. Um, it's the federal funding because it's not legal federally. They technically can't put it in a federally funded bank. So that's where that's that's how they're getting around that. But, but there are finance, there are many financial institutions that are handling <coughs> so. Um, uh, one of the things, and again, the conversation is good because just to talk about things, right? So, um, what, one, one, one of the things that a lot of folks think is that there's piles of cash everywhere, laying around, etc. And that's certainly what has been the case in, in, in a lot of cases. Uh, but there are now a handful of financial institutions in New Jersey alone that will take and handle these funds, right? So that's as as the industry moves forward, it improves, it gets tighter. Regulators get a better handle on things. New businesses come in to fill gaps where, where there are risk management issues, et cetera. It's evolving, it's evolving in the right direction, right? So um, that's a great question because there was a time when nobody would touch it. So but those, but those days are gone. And I just want to make a correction. I said federally funded, I meant federally insured. Right, right, right. And one other thing we have too, so we've had a number of, uh, even though we don't process in place to accept applications, that's a long way off, never happens, but we have had potential cannabis business owners come in and state their interest. So we have had quite a few say they're interested and tell us why and even give us some rough numbers and so forth. So I just want to answer that more fully that we've had we've been approached by potential business owners, but there is no process in Originally I was very intrigued by the revenue opportunity that we don't have from other places. But there are places, right? To get that money as the gentleman said. Um, the other side when I read is where does the money go? Right? Does it have to go to a specific account, safety uh, for handling of this matter, or does it go in a general fund? We haven't even dis discussed anything like that. And so to me, the, all of that is to you know, keep the reins on it and be prepared, be open-minded, because we don't really know by this audience, which is amazing, right? I don't think we've had this many people attend a meeting since post-Sandy. Since the Mad Hatter. <laughs> yeah. Well, the <laughs> right? And uh, so that's, that's goodness, but the people need to speak. If you look on the website, every one of our contact information is there, phone numbers or emails or what have you. Um, make sure that we're hearing from everybody that we can to influence us that way, right? Thank you. Anyone else have any comments for any of us? Anyone online? Since it's been opened up? All right, this is Becky Duan from 10 Church Street. Um, I just thank you for all the comments. Um, I heard a few times on the call today that there's an idea that because it's going to be in town anyway, that's a rationale for considering it and the revenue opportunity. And I just I think that these are apples and oranges discussions. And I just want to put my perspective out there. You know, the idea that the state has approved it, and so that's why we should be considering it anyway doesn't make any sense um, to having a, a magnet shop in town and taking on all this unknown risk without really understanding what the impact will be you know, on, on the community. And so I just want to urge, again, council to put together that business case to really understand if this is coming down to revenue, what the, you know, what, what this really means. And if there's not other avenues um, in terms of, you know, increasing parking tickets or paying fines for cigarettes on the beach, just that, you know, any other ways that are, you know, don't have the same risk uh, concerns, you know, and unknowns associated to bring that revenue in. So I'd really appreciate uh, the council bringing that information forward. And I don't 
then we should keep you know saying that the fact that it's approved by the state is a reason to consider it in the town because the role of having a physical building in the town that brings magnitude, brings all this attention in for that purpose. You know, let, let people go to Red Bank or Highlands to go get their weed. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? All right, I think that's a wrap on the cannabis. Hi, this is Eric White from Stone Street. I'm sorry, who was that? I just wanted to. Who's me? Eric White from Stone Street. Okay, Eric. Right. Just wanted to echo what Becky um, said. Yeah. I don't think that just because it's legal that we should be opening a pot shop and inviting everyone to come by it here. Um, I like to sit on my porch and enjoy the sunsets of half the hour. Don't really want to have to deal with the crowds walking down the street and smoking and, and things of that nature. Um, I think that we're very much a family town here and very tight, close-knit community. And I think that this would have a very negative impact. And one thing, um, everyone keeps talking about the revenue and $2 million in sales, um, but this all seems to be based on only having 12 uh, shops in the state of New Jersey. Um, so what's going to happen a year from now if there's 100 licenses issues and 100 shops? Is the revenue going to fall by 50% and now doing all this just for $20,000 instead of 40? So I think that's something else we need to consider. I left it open because you're, you you talked about two or three issues. Uh, one was on access to the splash pad and the potential uh, that Rich has been looking into. Um, Greg has been looking at other uh, crossing <coughs> concepts. So I left it kind of open, whatever. Just on the incentive issue, where there's a designated DOT approved pedestrian crosswalk. The question came up from residents, they want to beautify the east side, basically the East Ocean Avenue, between the curb and the seawall. And then we got into questions of who owns all that land and more specific, specifically, are any, were there any easements recorded? And we're still working with our attorney to identify <coughs> specific easements were actually given. The easements, as we read them, would effectively say the public can cross over, but the property owner is not going to be held liable unless they do something extraordinarily stupid. You know, they dig a ditch and they leave it uncovered, somebody falls in it, that sort of thing. But under normal operating circumstances, the property owner over which this pathway is crossing would not be held liable for uh, any type of accidents. And that's what we're looking for, to confirm that, so that we can talk to these residents and uh, get a, a comfortable level here. 
the other thing is what or who do we maintain these passports? Some of them are very well maintained, others are, you've got to watch your step, the rocks and broken curbing, etc. So again, this is all coming to a point where we can get some legal correction, we can talk to the owners, and we can decide among ourselves uh, does the town want to pick up for the maintenance of these pathways or do we leave that to the private residence in the area? So that's the subject. It is clear, what is clear is there is public access without restriction to the, to the splash pads. That's clear. And, and the property owners there are given again easements for that. But the pathways between the curb and the seawall are still an open issue. On the other point, working with our engineer, we've all talked about the obvious safety factors that have now come into place at the foot of the Highland Bridge. If you're coming down that bridge, my, I tell you in my own experience, there's a great tendency just to look out at the horizon and say, boy, look at that ship, look at this fishing boat, the sun, and all that. And the next thing you know, you're doing 50 miles an hour going down that curve. And right at the base, right there, there's a, an exit from the Sandy Hook Park. There's a restaurant. There's a commercial fishing operation behind the restaurant. And there's now a condo complex. So there's going to be a lot of people going into those parking areas, exiting those parking areas, both in the south lane and the north lane. And there's going to be pedestrians crossing Ocean Avenue to get to the beach. And then you get the bike parks coming. So it's a dangerous area, working with our engineers, trying to come up with, and also on a leadership, trying to come up with a combination of signage and flashing lights, etc. The complication factor is, it's a DOT highway. And you can't, you can't even put up a sign without getting DOT approval. So we're working through this process. Our engineers come up, I think, with a, an idea I hadn't heard before, just went on by the chief about uh, putting flashing light on the south side of the road, but the light would be facing the northbound traffic right the right. Have we spoken at DOT about doing a rumble strip there? Yeah, we're trying to formulate several options before we talk to them. Because I don't want to just go with the rumble strips and they say no. So one of the yeah, things I think we, yeah, we want to have several options there because I think we got to look at early warning lights is, you know, to get people's attention yeah. and they're coming into a different area. Rumble strips may work, they may not, DOT's not usually in favor of them, especially on that down slope. But there's no, well, just from a slip point of view. Oh, you know, because when it's wet, and all of a sudden you're, you're taking your tires off the road and it's yeah, raining. Yeah. Um, but those are, that's the biggest concern is the early warning stuff. We've yeah. already been turned down by them for a couple of signs. Well, yeah, just a Seabright sign. We wanted to put a Seabright sign over there. Welcome to Seabright. They wouldn't let us do it. Because yeah. one of the things we're looking at is putting a flashing yellow light just to, you know, so flashing light, you know, reduce speed limit at the uh, south side of the pedestrian yeah. ramps crossing up over the, for the bridge that goes over the highway. And that, that's just as you come down and you kind of turn south, that's where your eyes are kind of pointed to. So if we get a flashing air, at least it warns people that there's something changing. And the big concern also is with the new development there, we're going to probably have to make sure we force pedestrians to the south of the existing crosswalk. We certainly don't want another crosswalk to the north closer to that bridge. So that's going to be a big challenge. What about painting, uh, you know, 
warnings in the street itself, like slow down, that's speed that, limit change, blah, 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 whatever, but you know, that's too many of those is a similar problem with wet. You know, when the pavement is wet and you have too many, you know, we, we can discuss a little bit, yeah. The paint is slipperier than the pavement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And especially on that slope when you're trying to make people slow down and red is helping them in the first place. It's a tough spot. Yeah, we discussed why they does the blinking lights and the sign is the best way to go. That would be helpful. Because it's alerting, it alerts people. There's something different coming with a flashing light. Even if they just take their foot off the accelerator, we win. Yeah. Because some of you people coming down and counseling here that you're not paying attention to the road if it's a beautiful day. Yeah. I'm not sure everybody does it. So we are looking at various things, and then we come up with a couple of solutions. We will go to DOT. Yeah, I'm always checking the waves. Just yeah. Jack's, Jack's not the one dropping the phone. Just increasingly acquired a, uh, a small portable uh, speed monitoring signage that uh, we can. It's going to come out this weekend. Hopefully, you might see it then on, on Ocean Avenue this weekend. But it's uh, that's an eye catcher. That flashing light, and you can move it. We here and move it down the road. That's what I think. Just to say, we're, it's a work in progress with our engineer. And All right, so you get back to us on future updates. Oh, yeah, one of the things, but it's, it's, if we're putting it on a high priority. You know. One of the other things I want to bring up is uh, since we're on pedestrians, Chief, can we put out the cones again? Yeah. At the crosswalks yeah. to keep people, because we're getting people passing on the right yeah. again, so. They're stopping for pedestrians, and then somebody goes and passes on the right and almost hits us. Anything else? I hugely appreciate that last year on the New Street, and then by before Peninsula, because that's where everyone's yeah, cars are. Well, just all of them. Any crosswalk, stick them in there. Yeah, we'll if it. there's room to pass on the right, they're doing it. That was so helpful last year. If you ride a bike, or you have, especially children, it causes me to see young kids riding the bikes at night, no lights, no reflective clothes. And, and boy, parents are not paying attention here because uh, the margin of error is, is maybe three feet and then you're in trouble. So we're trying to get some signage up again on areas where we saw last year where you know, alert, these alerts between bike riders and pedestrians. And the other factor with the bike riders that we're talking to anyone is they have to stop the pedestrians also. And many times they go right through, right through the pedestrian crosswalk. If you get hit by a bike, a good friend of mine's aunt, her husband retired, they went to Europe for a nice tour, and they were in Amsterdam. She stepped off the curb and got hit by a guy flying on a bike. They had an air, air back to back to the States, and she was never the same after well, the other thing with the kids on the bike is the kids on the sidewalk with their bikes. And I mean, I know it's tough riding through downtown, but uh, you know, I mean, if you're gonna, if, if your kids are on bikes, tell them to walk it on the sidewalk if they're gonna be there, because it's really annoying. <laughs> That's why. Right, thanks, Jack. Thanks, Greg. To be continued. All right, on to uh, Greg's another one for you, I believe, uh, to the NJDOT uh, State Aid Program for uh, next year. It covers like road paving and other projects. Uh, the specific thing that's attached to your agenda is not really road paving, that's a separate thing, that's a transportation trust fund. This is actually a safe streets, safe streets and transit grants. If you look at the choices of, they're, they're mo mostly these are trying to 
connect modes of transportation like busing. You know, if you have a train station in Boston, you want to make, make sidewalks or bike lanes to those spots so it eliminates car traffic. The only thing that would really apply to us in this would be bikeways and sidewalks. If you wanted to, you know, for pedestrian safety, get cars off the street, if you want to put bike lanes in, you know, bring in, if we already have Ocean Avenue, except for the downtown area, we can look at that. That's a really tough spot for bikes. Well, that's always one thing I've always, that's one thing I've always wanted to do in town is, uh, well, I've always kicked around the idea of doing the bike rentals and stuff like that, um, whether they're pedals or electric or what have you. Uh, but the biggest detriment to that has always been designated bike routes. From the bridge north, we have nothing. Um, so I would I would like to explore that option um, to just to get designated. And I know that I know with the striping uh, that's supposed to be starting in the fall. They're going, I believe they're going to narrow the lanes and actually put in a bike lane, um, supposed to going up the north end. So uh, that will absolutely help that situation. Um, so I, I, I'm all for a full bike lane all the way through town, uh, designated and marked uh, just for that reason, because that will connect us to the primary hubs, the primary transportation hubs in Highlands for the C Street um, and Long Branch for the um, for the train, so and even even so far as Red Bank and, R and Rumson uh, for the train and Rumson and Red Bank, so well, it'll give you, if we get it in town, it give you the ability pretty much to ride from the same Cook Bridge all the way to Edgewood Park. Yeah, because that that bike is great. And that's the ultimate. That's the ultimate. Yeah, that's the ultimate goal. And we discussed the exit with repaving and re restriping on North Beach. I think it's, I personally think it's a good idea. I'd rather have narrower car lanes and make the room for the bike lane, yes. but to continue to town is really because otherwise. You yeah. bottleneck downtown and you have a... They're going to ride. If you, if you yes. paint the north side, they're going to ride. So we're going to have to make allowances to get them through the center of town. Sure. Right. Yeah. All right. I'll, I'll be great. come up with some ideas. We'll talk I appreciate that. Today. Thank you very much. Yes. Also, the, uh, the uh, road repaving grants are available now. Uh, Greg is meeting with Dave to review them. We've been successful almost every year. We do have an existing grant to do Peninsula Avenue. Um, and that'll be done whenever Greg gets from <laughs> So well, we have two uh, other roads too. Or I thought we had three that we got. There was three suggested. The DOT approved one. Oh, uh, they approved DOT, one. Yeah, they gave they gave you money for Peninsula Avenue, Osborne, and Emory were also part as separate applications. I thought New Street was in there too. Well, New Street, New Street, I, I, New Street was actually part of the grant that was giving you paving money for Peninsula, but it just I, and I don't have access to the website yet. Working that out. But it has there's some kind of drainage improvement on New Street, yeah. which is not paving. I just got to find out what that is because we already did a drainage improvement there to solve that problem. Well, because yeah, we get that pooling at the corner there. That's yeah, ridiculous. That's cool. So, yeah. that's, that's cool. so this will be on the next uh, workshop. Did they fix that? When did they fix that? Two about a month ago. Oh, okay. I didn't see it. At the, at the I haven't seen the heavy rain. The western yet, end so. of that? Yeah, the western end of that puddle is over. Oh, no, there. not the western end. The, 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 on, that's Surf Street. Surf Street. That was Surf Street. On New Street, at the corner by Rory's, it puddles. Yeah, that, that's probably what the grant was for. I have to get into the rent because there's a drainage improvement as part of that. I don't know the value of it yet. Okay. But next month, I'll have that. Okay. <laughs> Appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. All right, on to uh, number eight. Text my gov. So I spoke to Joe about this a bit. So this is basically a, uh, and Joe and I believe uh, John will speak to this, but it's essentially a, it's a small, it's like a two thousand dollar year fee, I believe, to have this program. <coughs> it's just like a, a notification system we can have, sort of like a, you can text it, and we'll have like uh, automated responses to a lot of the commonly asked questions relative to Seabright. 
But Joe, do you want to speak to that more detail? And John, please jump in. It's, it was just a product that came to our attention. It's interesting. It seems like a good product. I don't know, uh, uh, but but they have uh, uh, the ability to, to, to back and forth between residents. One, it could be used as a notification to residents. Uh, the, uh, everybody is online, everybody's holding one of these now. Um, we love that. Yeah, so Can Candace Mitchell and I attended the meeting with the vendor. They basically, the same way you text to your friends and family, you, there would be a number for Seabright. If you opt in, you put your number in there, and then any notifications that go out. Right now, we do use the Nixle for when we, we need to get something out, but this would take care of that. You'd have the ability to go in if you typed in parking. It would open up from the computer what's available to you from parking perspectives. If you want to know what day the trash is, or any question you have that the, that the system already knows the answers to, you would get a response immediately. You don't have to call or talk to anyone. Well, see, the, the, that's a question I have. Is usually these systems are reliant on actual data being available. Who's inputting that data into this system? Are they doing that? Well, we yes. have our ordinances. Yeah, they would take care of all of that setup. They would. It would be customized for what we our needs are. So surprisingly, when when I saw the demonstration, eighty percent of the questions are universal. Right. Uh, you know, they said, what day is my trash picked up? It went right to there in, in the town. They'll just have to say Mondays and Thursdays. That's the only... What's input. the cost? It's, it's a couple thousand a year. Um, the, the first year, there's also the $1,500 to set, set up. it up. What do we pay for Nixel, Chief? Um, it's about, I think, about 2500 a year, 3000 a year. But so the other thing is, does... Can we outweigh... I, I can get you the it's it's just different. The Nixel is yeah. more uh, directed. emergency yeah. directed. Uh, but I'm saying, if this one can do that, can we? Uh, I would want to get rid of Nixel. Yeah. People, people are kind of. Yeah, okay. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't eliminate Nixel. The other side is you, as just a resident, if you ask the question and it's not in the database, it we yeah. that they build up front that that kind of question goes to these three people in the in the uh, operation, right? So if, if it was a clerk thing, then Chris would get an email or a text message, and it would also list the other people that are in that group, and then they'd be accountable to make sure that you get your answer. So yeah. the answers that aren't uh, AI, we'll call it, right, would be attended to by someone, you know, public works question, it's gonna go to the public works director and they're gonna get back to you. It also gives us metrics. How many questions were for public works? Maybe we need to look at what's going on in public works and make an improvement of how we respond to those kind of things. If it's for council meeting information, then you'd have uh, metrics on a regular basis, real time of all the questions that come in, where do they go, did they get answered in a timely fashion. That puts us a little bit more on top of the game because I think a lot of times things come up here, there's no record of them. You want to go back and listen to the audio for a meeting, yeah, it's there. But this would give us the metrics at the end of the month. This is what came in, there were 12, you answered seven, you still owe five. And we'd like to think they go to the website, but a lot of people just don't go to our website. Our yeah, website's not yeah, my so I don't I don't know I, I if, could, I, if you guys I, I would all like the demonstration maybe in an upcoming. I would definitely like to see it. 
Okay. So I, they would definitely do the demo for us. Oh, no, 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 that's not a good plan. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it's like anything else, right? you got to keep it, otherwise it becomes outdated. Yep. And then people get frustrated, and you say, how do we get here? So besides doing it, we've got to make sure we've got a refresh and update methodology that's going to work. It, well, the, the, uh, the product is different than what I've seen at other seminars, uh, conventions, and things like that. And you can imagine that, you know, everybody's going to their phones now, so. Right now, we don't have a Facebook interaction. Yeah. And this wouldn't replace that because it's not going to be community-minded broadcast. It's going to be, you ask the question, you're going to get the answer. Um, so that, that's a little bit different. That's nice, by the way, you could you could go to their website too, if you know in the interim. Yeah, and take a look. And just take a quick look at it. You know, I, I don't think any of us want to have Facebook become the methodology by people understanding what's happening in town. It's not the place to do that. Right? No. But the other side of the equation is you can hear a clamoring from our residents for more information gotten more easily than they're able to get it. I mean a meeting this time of day is very hard for a lot of people to get to because they're working. And in the evenings they've got child commitments and everything else. Anything that we can do to allow people to actually have more insight into what's going on and more information, I think, would be a great thing. And the other thing is a lot of our homeowners in town that pay taxes don't live here full time. So for them to get to these events is difficult. If there's an electronic method to do it and it's effective and up to date, I think it's a great idea. And I think it's like, I think it's, I think it's like a form of marketing, honestly. Like you try a little bit of everything, for us, the website, texting, Facebook, right, yeah. all that stuff combined. Yeah, I, I everybody does the best you know, getting but I think that, that, that Erwin makes a, a, a good point in that, you know, um, too much uh, is, is, uh, is, is weighed on, on Facebook and, and, and a lot of people, be, anything we can do to get away from that and, and, and get to a more official form of communication is a good thing. Yeah, um, so, yeah I've always heard that. I mean, Facebook, if you go to all about Seabright, I think you say some, most people are not. No. And it's like a, it's like a gossip thing, you know. So. All right, I'll, I'll arrange for a demonstration, but if you want to go there, please go. Uh, the parking ordinance, Mayor, next. Uh, we left off a couple of streets, side streets in North North Beach that we have to, uh, there were a couple of streets missing that are... Um, permit? Not permit, it's but... It's in um, the residential permit parking designation. No, it's um, mostly just no parking on one side of the street yeah. and things of that the, nature. The bottom half of the list um, did not appear on the ordinance that you introduced, so it has to be reintroduced. Be what is water views? When I, I was there last night, so I see the new signs with the flames, right? That's it's moved. the north side. When I turn around and come back out, is it the whole side is permanent? Just the parking? north side on water view. Just the north side. It was a cut and paste issue. <laughs> I saw a lot of it. You didn't catch it. You're like, oh, it's perfect. It was a cut and paste issue. It's all been there. Yeah. All done. <laughs> so, so just to be clear on this point, right, because a lot of your work is going into this, when does it become official? 20 days after the second reading in public hearing. 20 days after the second reading. And when, when was, was that? Second reading? Well, uh, well, well, unless we have a special meeting, um, it won't be till mid-June. So, hold on. Page to Park goes into effect on Sunday. You can still, you'll still be operating parking tickets. Right. I'm talking about the revised penalties. Yeah. 
these, which we, as a group, collectively committed to do everything we could to have in place by Memorial Day weekend. We can. Correct. We can. Can we introduce it as is? Can we? Can we? Can we? Approve it as it is, and then amend it later. You can. It's your original. You can. You can amend. You've already introduced. We've advertised and posted. Is it? And it's set for the next meeting. It, we could adopt it as is, I suppose, the and then is. amend it later to add adopt those extra what we have as is. So 125 was approved by the judge uh, what month and a half, two months ago. So, so let, let, why don't we do that? Why don't we adopt it as is, and we can amend it for any minor error that was made because of the case. The other option is you can absolutely do that, and that's the, the cleanest way. But the other option, just so you know, it, you can amend it at the next meeting, and then have a special meeting a week later to adopt the amendment. So you, you, instead of adopting the ordinance at uh, the next meeting, you amend it, and then you have a special meeting to adopt as amended. But that requires a seven-day. Yeah, a is worth it, I think, at this point. I, 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 I would agree. So adopt it as is, yes. and then amend it. And the amendment, Can we later, introduce a new amendment Tuesday night also? Well, that's the process I just described. If you but a separate oh, ordinance. To introduce a new ordinance. Yeah, you can do that. Okay. Okay, well, let's make it clear. Is that an ordinance that can be introduced on Tuesday and approved? We're going to adopt what we introduced at the last meeting. Okay. And, and then that we'll will introduce, go into effect 20 days after that. And then we'll Is introduce a new ordinance. I don't know that that's... Uh, no? No, that's it's only for uh, upon is for oh, okay. I'm sorry. I stand corrected. We're going to have two ordinances um, on Tuesday. One is an adoption, and one will be an introduction. The introduction will be adding these streets okay. that were left off, but we'll be adopting the existing. The existing. And it will be in effect immediately upon public And the minute the mayor signs it. <laughs> so, do we have a path to getting it accomplished by a Memorial Day objective? Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, well, I heard if this and if that, then it will be approved. Well, I say well technically it's not approved until the mayor signs it, but that. we'll get it. So if we vote in favor on Tuesday night, all in favor, Brian signs it, it's in law. Uh, yeah, once it's technically published, which is a few days. Okay. Uh, That'll be by Friday of next week. Yeah. Okay. We got it covered. We'll move the weekend. Good. We got it. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 just to be clear, though, that was just for the downtown parking 125 apartment permits. All the other fines that we changed, that was a few months afterwards, are still up at the administrative courts on the desk waiting for approval for that. That's just the one fine that we did four months ago. Everything else they had is that of our hands and we're going to be approvals. And you're right. What's that? And you're right. It's been there for a while. We're never going to have a but I mean, yeah, our goal was to have the whole package inclusive. Well, it's, it's as long or short as you want it to be. I have a lot of items for All right, so now just an upcoming resolution appointing uh, our uh, zoning officer is uh, the next agenda. And then aside from that, we have we do have an executive session today, and as always, or as most usually cases, the end of the public meeting. So we're not going to come back and take any action. Thank you, everyone, for coming out in person and online. It's good to see such a turnout as everyone was saying earlier, so. Yeah, remember, seabrightnj.org, you want to watch the agendas for all public, upcoming public meetings, please uh, log in. Please keep coming in.